Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Matt Clark, research analyst with Money and Markets and your host of the Bull and the Bear podcast with your kind of weekend edition. We, we come out on Friday, but you have the whole weekend to digest all the information that we provide to you here with the Bull and the Bear. And uh, that is what this episode is. And uh, fortunately, joining me today is uh, going to be, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Money and Markets editor Charles Sizemore, almost forgot his name, and uh, chief investment strategist Adam O'Dell. Uh, they are uh, going to be with, uh, with me here shortly. Um, but first, I, I, I do this on a regular basis, and, and what I want to do is I, I want to make sure that if you haven't already, that you head over to moneyandmarkets.com, and uh, what, what we offer there is each and every day, Sunday, Sunday to Saturday, we, we give you safe and sound profitable information uh, for your portfolio, and, and that comes from myself, it comes from Charles, it comes from Adam, it comes from a wealth of other people, and, and we provide that to you basically for free. And go on moneymarkets.com. It's moneyandmarkets.com. And to make sure you sign up for our free e-letter because we do put out a free e-letter and it comes to your email box each and every day, including Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and uh, you will get that safe and sound profitable information. So make sure you head on over and uh, do that. Now, to jump into today, um, one thing that, that few people really know about me in particular um, is that I love data. I, I am a, a data nerd. Um, maybe this started whenever I started collecting baseball cards as a kid. And instead of oogling over the picture of, of, of whoever was on the front, I would always slip the card over on the back and read the stats for the last 10 years of each baseball player. I read their batting average, their on base percentage, win losses, saves, strikeouts, you know, whatever it happened to be. I would always read that because that would always tell me a better story. I mean, looking at the picture is great. But I always got a better feel for the player when I saw the stats. And that carried over with me uh, when I became a journalist. I started in sports and I loved it because, you know, sports is based on data. It's based on numbers. And the cool thing about it is that numbers don't lie. And so whenever I morphed into doing political reporting and investigative journalism, that love of data just kind of carried over with me because I, the, the, the bold fact of the matter is, is that people lie. Data doesn't. And I would always get a better story whenever I had more data at my disposal than I would if I had to interview more sources because sources can tell you whatever they want. Data, on the other hand, is very, very truthful. And now my new role here as a research analyst for Money and Markets and what I've learned with Adam O'Dell and Charles Sizemore is kind of the same thing. Is that You can use data to, to pick out trends and to, to, to spot different things in the market. And the more data you have, the better those trends can be spotted. And, you know, headlines are great. Headlines will move the market, um, you know, for a day uh, or for a, a couple of days. But if you're looking for long-term trends, then you really have to look at data and see what the data tells you. And data tells me that at least over the last six months or so, maybe even longer, there's actually been a trend involving electric vehicles. Uh, and investors are really salivating over these stocks. They're, they're really just pouring capital uh, into buying, buying companies that have to do with electronic ve electric vehicles or autonomous driving. And, and one thing that kind of illustrates that is if you look at 
uh, you know, an, an ETF called the Global X Autonomous and Electric Vehicles ETF. It trades on the NASDAQ. It's tickers DRIV. Uh, now, it's an exchange-traded fund that holds some of the biggest autonomous uh, and electric vehicle players in the market. And after hitting a low of around $9 a share back in March of 2020, the ETF has now made a 177% jump to where it is today, which is around $27. And this tracks, uh, this follows, you know, EV companies uh, throughout and some of the biggest ones. So, it, what that indicates is that there's a, a big interest uh, in this, in, 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 you know, electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles, things like that. Um, by investors, whether that's hot, uh, whether that's just something that's passing, that's the interesting thing. And I think what we need to do here is examine a couple companies within the within that ETF and within that market to see kind of whether this is just a short-term thing or maybe it's just investor, maybe it's just a bias, maybe it's a behavioral bias. So that's what I want to do is I want to bring in uh, Money Markets Editor Charles Sizemore and Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell and talk about three different companies. And the first company, uh, first off, welcome. Uh, and, and, and second, you know, the first company is very, very well known. In fact, it, when it comes to EV, it's the one you know. Um, it's the one that's in all that. It, it made, makes all the news. It's a giant. It's got an $805 billion market cap. It's coming close to that $1 trillion mark. One-year annual sales growth rate of just 15.4%. Uh, it tallied $28.1 million billion in, in trailing 12-month sales. Uh, it surprised Wall Street analysts uh, in each of the last five quarters uh, for earnings per share. Uh, for sales, it's surprised in three of the last five quarters. Uh, in the last 12 months, the company's stock has risen more than 700%. Uh, as it was recently added to the S&P index, and if that doesn't give it away, then I don't know what will. It includes That, that, that price jump includes a five-to-one stock split the company undertook back in September. The company here Obviously, Tesla Incorporated trades on the NASDAQ under TSLA. Now, I have my own thoughts about Tesla, and I've made those clear. I'm going to make them clear again. But first, I want to bring in Charles Sizemore, editor for Money and Markets, and get your thoughts on Tesla. Charles, what, you know, it's, it, it's, it's made people a lot of money, especially Elon Musk. But is it, is it really a company you want in your portfolio? Well, before I get into that, a couple preliminary points. Preliminary points. First off, don't feel bad about forgetting my name. You know, my own mother called me the cat's name a few weeks ago. The cat. So just in all honesty, I think I was just talking too fast and I just stumbled <laughs> over your name. It wasn't necessarily that I forgot it; it's just that I just stumbled over it. And I'm not well, going to call didn't you. My mother forget my name either, but she still called me the cat. So uh, interesting. Yeah, and what's your cat's yeah, name? Just so we can all use that as a joke later. <laughs> well, we'll just keep that off camera. Uh -huh. it, 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 anyway. Uh, another point, uh, I also was a, a stats nerd with my baseball cards. Um, I don't even remember what the, the front of the card looked like half the time. It was just always the numbers on the back. For a brief uh, part of my adolescence, I actually wanted to be a sports statistician when I grew up. So uh, got to love that. And then final random uh, you know, factoid of the week, data is actually a plural word. It is the data are, if you're going to be strictly correct in your English. The singular is datum. The datum is. So most people don't know that, but now we all do. What an educational lesson we've I, I all know. received. Well, just, just, uh, you know. Uh, you want to tell me about Professor Tesla Carlson. or you yes, want to I tell do. me about Tesla? <laughs> so uh, Tesla is, is interesting. Um, I like the cars. I think it's a cool company. I've been a skeptic on the stock for a while and I've, I've been wrong. I mean, the stock went up at, from its lows to its highs over the last 52 weeks. It was a 10 bagger. It, it's, 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 it's been incredible. Now the question is, you know, does that continue? Well, I would have said it couldn't continue a year ago and here we are, right? But I, I would say this, at, at this point after the run it's had, 
Tesla is now the fifth biggest company in the S&P 500 by market cap. This is not some small cap that can, you know, explode higher. This is one of the biggest companies in the world. It's, it's worth $800 billion. So the question I would ask, and there's no point in even discussing Tesla's fundamentals because this stock does not trade on fundamentals. It, it, it never has. If it traded on fundamentals, it would be worth probably one one hundredth what it is right now. But you know, based on momentum, this is a, mom a momentum stock first and foremost. How much new money would have to pour into this stock in order to make an $800 billion, a nearly trillion dollar company continue to explode higher like it has? And I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, there's obviously some amount of money that would make that happen. But if all markets are a function of supply and demand, that's a lot of new demand that has to materialize. So I'm a hard pass on Tesla. Okay. Uh, Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell, uh, you know, another uh, probably out of the, uh, you know, all three of us are probably big numbers, uh, numbers guys. And, and, and I know, I know that you, you really look at, at data uh, on, a, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, almost by the hour. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on Tesla? Yeah, so I'll say that uh, on a numbers basis, uh, we use our six-factor green zone ranking rating model, and it looks at momentum, size, volatility, value, quality, and growth. And of the three stocks we're going to talk about today, um, I'll give a spoiler that Tesla rates the highest of these three stocks, and that score is a 43 out of 100. Um, so typically in our, in our green zone fortune service where we buy, uh, try to add one uh, new stock uh, you know, with a holding period of six months to three years uh, per month, and we try to add that to the portfolio. We want to buy high conviction stocks that rate, rate highly uh, on the green zones, uh, six factor rating model, usually about 80 or above. So Tesla would not on that basis qualify. Um, that said, I mean, you, I, I appreciate your, your uh, you know, love for data and I'm the same way as, as well. Uh, I mean that plurally, um, because you do need to look at more than one data point or datum. But, um, you know, so, you know, you have to decide, are you trading a price? Are, you know, are you going to trade a stock because it has price action? And, and if, that, if you're doing that, you need a momentum only system. You can do that. Realize I've traded foreign currencies and commodities. And, and a lot of those, it doesn't really come down to fundamentals as much. It comes down to price action. So if you're doing that, just know who you are. Know that you are a price action only momentum trader and uh, follow a system, a strategy that, that'll do that regardless of the fundamentals. Um, otherwise, if you want to be more of a, an investor for the long term and you want to be more of a, a buy and hold investor in good companies that have good valuations and good uh, you know, profit margins and good growth rates and have good momentum, then you really want to use something like our six-factor rating model. So on the basis of that, uh, Tesla would, would be a hard pass for me. If you want to trade it, you certainly can trade it. Uh, I will say that it has everything of, of a cult uh, bubble stock. It has all kind of the characteristics. Retail money is pouring into it. New Robinhood uh, traders, no, no offense, I'm not trying to be, uh, uh, you know, demeaning or whatnot, but new Robinhood traders are pouring into it. It's in the news. Uh, Elon Musk is controversial. It's kind of like Trump. You either love it or hate it. You've got, everybody's got an opinion on Tesla. Um, so, you know, somebody asked me about Tesla on an investment conference call the other day, and I said, you know, you're probably better off buying uh, long-dated, out-of-the-money puts on Tesla than anything else. And I followed that up by saying, but I would have said that a year ago, and all that money would have been washed away. So... At this point, you know, I think Tesla's a stock to trade if you know how to trade. Uh, but otherwise, as a fundamental investment, I would not be buying it. And, you know, Charles, you mentioned fundamentals. Now you didn't want to get into it. I'm just going to mention one number. Well, actually, I'm going to mention two in comparison. Uh, in the auto industry, the average 
um, P-E ratio is 47.2. Tesla's P-E ratio, 1,600 and I believe 97. So I, the, the price to earnings ratio for Tesla is unreal. And to me, it is just, it's way overvalued. I think I agree with both of you. I think this is a cult bubble stock. I, I you know, uh, of course, yes, we said this a year ago, we would have been wrong. And, 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 that's, and that's true. But if you're looking to be a smart investor and, 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 and to make long-term plays, Tesla's not it. Just this volatility is way too high. Uh, obviously, it's got strong momentum now, but no one really knows how long that's going to last. Um, you know, one headline changes things completely for, for a company like Tesla. One wrong tweet by Elon Musk changes things completely um, for a company like Tesla. Uh, I'm kind of with both of you. I'm a hard pass on Tesla. Again, love the products. I think the, the message is great. The cars are, uh, appear to be, you know, no longer bursting into flames uh, on random <laughs> roads in China or Texas or here in Florida. Um, but uh, you know, uh, the products seem to be, seem to be fine. They, they look nice. Uh, I would consider buying one if I, if I really thought long and hard about it, but in terms of stock, I'm just not there. Um, the second company on our list is one that actually designs and manufactures and sells electric vehicles in China, and they sell them in Hong Kong, the U.S., the U.K., and Germany. Um, they develop and sell, actually sell mid-size electric sport utility vehicles as well. Uh, they've got a one-year annual sales growth rate that actually blows Tesla out of the water. Their one-year annual sales growth rate, 45.7%. One-year earnings per share growth rate, 44.5%. Company surprised Wall Street analysts in each of the last five quarters in sales and four of the last five quarters in earnings per share. The company's stock, if you think Tesla has made a massive run, this company is actually even bigger. In the last 12 months, this company's stock has jumped 1,500% which is significantly greater than 188% that the, uh, average, uh, the average stock price for consumer vehicle and parts industry stocks have gone up. This company is NEO Incorporated. We've talked about it before uh, on, on this, on the Bull and the Bear podcast. I actually did a comparison with NEO and Nikola. Uh, make sure you check out our YouTube channel and find out, uh, find out what I had to say there. But it trades on the New York Stock Exchange under NIO. And first, I'll send it to Charles. Charles, uh, this company, in terms of, of growth and, and momentum and things like that, it actually really is a much better company than Tesla, but does that necessarily make it a buy for, for, for smart investors? Well, I'm going to go back to my point about Tesla, and that was, you know, given that Tesla is an, an $800 billion company, almost a trillion dollar company, the amount of new money that would have to flow into it to make it continue to explode higher is, is not there. I mean, the best you could really hope for in Tesla, best case scenario is that it kind of tracks the market, right? And uh, probably it won't even do that. In the case of, of, of this stock, it's a much smaller company. It, it's about 96, 98 billion. I mean, 98 billion is obviously not chump change. That's still a massive company, but it's one eighth of, 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 what, of what Tesla is. So if you are looking for something that can potentially continue to explode higher as, as sort of a short term to medium term momentum play, then I would say this stock is doable there, right? I'm still a pass as a you know, long-term buy and hold investor. I mean, I'm, I'm not comfortable holding it, but as a shorter term trade, sure. Why not? I, I think it could be interesting as a short term trade. And by short term, you're thinking three months? Uh, one to six months. Okay. Adam, um, you know, again, here, here's a company that has, uh, you know, in terms of, of, of momentum is, 
actually stronger than a company like Tesla. Uh, fundamentally, however, there's a lot of struggles here. What, what do you think about NEO? Yeah, um, unfortunately, I have a pass on NEO as well. It rates a six out of 100 for many of the same reasons that Tesla rates poorly. It's been around even less time. Uh, it is smaller, so it rates a little bit better on that. But, um, you know, I kind of want to use, I, I'm on pass on NEO, but, you know, I think that this is a, a good opportunity to use the point that, um, you know, in, in Green Zone Fortunes recently, uh, we had a subscriber write in, and we're holding a position, which we intend to hold for three years. Uh, and we, and this subscriber wrote in and said, I've hit your Money and Markets website. I punched in the ticker of this symbol of this stock into the uh, green zone rating model and it rates at 25 out of 100. So why the heck is it in our portfolio? And I got this question a couple of times and the answer is in short, um, I had to look past our green zone rating model. I had to look through it and figure out, you know, this, this company is new. The stock has only been trading since October of 2018. So what do I expect this company's metrics to be? in three, five, or 10 years when it has enough metrics to be to get a full rating on the system. And really to do that, um, and, and this is not a trade that we, we put on. I mean, this is the, the position's up about 250% right now, but this is not a short-term trade that we're intending to hold for six months. We're intending to hold it for three years and, and hopefully get a 10-bagger. Um, so really, you know, the, the, the second part of the answer to that question is, well, why is it in our portfolio? It's because I spent about a year researching that company. So in 2019, I spent about, 10 months researching the genomics industry, which is basically uh, biotech on DNA, uh, is, a, is a kind of a layman's way to explain it. And uh, I gave a presentation in October of 2019 at an investment conference where I called uh, DNA or the genomics field, the future of everything in healthcare. But it took me about 10 months of research to, to really come to the conclusion that I was willing to put my neck out on that. Um, and then it took me about another further six months or so to research this one individual company that I ended up recommending in Greens and Fortunes this year. It's up about 250%. So really, the, what I'm getting at is, is you, if you want to look beyond the data, if you want to look uh, past the Green Zone stock rating model and, and buy into a stock that isn't rated uh, highly, you really have to do your due diligence. You really have to put the time and the effort in to do, uh, you know, research that, you know, roll your sleeves up and read everything you can about it and make uh, discretionary decisions of whether um, that, that is the future of, um, of the market and of the industry. And so, I mean, one thing I'll say is that um, I, I'm not bearish the, the EV, the electrical vehicle market. Um, I think it will, I think, you know, things are shifting that direction, but there is a limit to the size of that market. I mean, what if everybody in the U.S. or everybody in the world had an electric vehicle tomorrow, you know, then what? Uh, you know, how big is that market? Uh, whereas the healthcare industry uh, more broadly and the biotech industry and the genomics industry, if we can build out the solutions within the DNA targeted precision medicine solutions that the genomics is promising, the, uh, the market for that is just so much more massive and so much more pervasive. Um, so, you know, Joe Davis, the, the chief investment strategist or officer of Vanguard, uh, gave a presentation that I was at and he called basically the genomics field um, the most promising field in our generation because it's, it's going to spawn off so many other technologies and, and you really don't see that necessarily in electric vehicles, which in my opinion is a little bit more narrow. So um, Green Zone Fortunes readers, if you're listening, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, otherwise, you know, you can sign up for the service for a very nominal fee and, and get the research on that uh, industry group. 
And the good thing about it is that the three of us together, we will do that research for you to help find those companies uh, like this one Adam is talking about that he recommended that is up massively. And I'll just drop in a quick plug here. If you do want to learn more um, about uh, about this service and, and how you can be a part of it, uh, just head over to theinvestingsecret.com. That is theinvestingsecret.com. And uh, you'll find a way to, uh, to jump on. Actually, part of that is going to be Adam's Millionaire Masterclass um, that will provide you with a ton of information and how you can be involved uh, in Green Zone Fortune. So do that as well. Um, I'm also a pass on Neo. I think it's better than Nikola, which I said in, the, in, in our video. Uh, but I'm, I, you know, I, I think ne I, I, uh, between Neo and Tesla, I would lean more towards Neo than I would Tesla. Um, but I, I'm not really set on either one of them. So I'm, I'm kind of a, a pass there as well. Um, now the last company here, I want to roll through kind of quickly. This is a uh, one that develops uh, hydrogen fuel cells for electric mobility, stationary power markets. Uh, it focuses on fuel cell battery hybrid technologies. It's got a one-year annual sales growth rate of 63.7%, a one-year annual earnings per share growth rate of 24.8%. The stock, um, very similar to NEO, has risen 1,500% in the last 12 months, and a lot of that, a lot of that rise has come here in January. Um, so that since the end of December to January, that the stock has climbed uh, pretty significantly. That compares to just a 103% increase uh, of the average stock price in the electrical equipment and power systems industry. So um, it is besting the market by a long shot. This company is called Plug Power Incorporated, trades on the NASDAQ under PLUG. And real quickly, Charles Sizemore, your thoughts on Plug? You know, if you put a gun to my head and said, you have to choose one of these three stocks, you got to buy it and hold it for the next five years. Yeah, you can't sell it. Um, you have to choose one of these three. This would be the one of the three I would choose. Uh, all of that said, I'm, I'm still a pass on it. Uh, there's just too much speculative uh, froth. I would say if there was any stock that could maybe grow into its valuation, it might be this one. But... Do I, that's, a, that's really not a very strong conviction uh, statement right there. For me, it's just a little too frothy, a little too speculative. If you're a swing trader or if you're you know, just a, a very short-term momentum trader, by all means, you know, hitch, hitch your, your buggy to, to, this, to this horse and let it run. But know when you're going to get out. That this is, you know, if, if, if you decide to trade this stock, make sure you have an exit strategy in place. Know at what point you're going to sell under what conditions, because this is not a buy and hold. Um, Adam, same, same to you. Uh, you know, this company I've noticed over the last couple of days, while in January it's had a nice big run, but just the other day, uh, the stock actually fell about six or 7% in a day. And then it started to build back up again. So what are your thoughts here on, on, uh, on plug power? Yeah, the market just opened and uh, plug, uh, I think closed yesterday around $70 and it's opening at about 66, so it's gap down. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, a few thoughts on plug. Uh, it has to be a pass for me based on its long-term fundamentals. If we just look at that, uh, it is a trader stock. It is become you know, something of a cult stock. I like the company's technology. I'm kind of with Charles and the fact that I think they have something unique. And I think as they build out their platform, uh, it'll gain traction over the next five to 10 years. Um, Really, you have to look at these stocks as like, you know, we, we may have a different answer at different points in time. So earlier in the year, my Cycle 9 system gave a, a trigger on this. In full disclosure, I didn't actually recommend it. Um, but that would have been a good time to get in uh, around the turn of the year. If it is a good time to get in today, no, not necessarily, because the stock's up 100% in the past week or so. So um, also to give props, I mean, we do have an editor, a, a guru in our, in our group, uh, Paul Mampilli, 
And I don't know the details, but I'm pretty sure he recommended Plug a bit ago and made a massive return for his readership. So I'm certainly not a hater. I mean, the people that can dig into companies like this and know what the technology is and know the right time to buy into them, um, I think that they can provide a lot of value for retail investors who follow, follow that trend. Um, the good news about this type of stock and the type of stock that I was just referring to in the genomics field is that even after, after they have massive runs of like 200% or 500% or 750%, you're probably going to get a second chance to get into that stock on a pullback. And I wrote about this recently when I was kind of coaching my, my readers through, you know, why are we not locking in a 250% profit? And, you know, why should we expect a pullback of 20, 30, or even 50% ahead in this stock? And when that pullback comes, why should we not be sellers of the stock, but why should we actually add to our position? And I did some research on Amazon. And if you look back at Amazon, Amazon's gone through something like seven or eight individual uh, pullbacks of 30% or more. And the point of that is, is to earn the, the multi-thousand percent return in Amazon if you bought in in the early aughts. Um, you would have had to sit through, you know, a number of, you know, very serious declines and, and not be tempted to sell the stock there. So the point is, is if you have conviction in a stock uh, in the company for the long term, even if it's a volatile momentum stock that runs up too far too fast now, you're probably going to get a second chance to get into that stock on a deep pullback of 30, 40, 50 percent if you're patient and if you know what you're going to do when that happens. So that would be my assessment of plug. I would not buy it now. I'd wait for a pullback and then see if you can get in at a, at a better discount. And you completely stole my thunder because that was exactly what I was going to go with. Was I, you know, it's seeing it's seeing a lot of great momentum, and of course, here at Money Markets, we talk a lot about buy high, sell higher. Um, but there's a point in time where that momentum is too much. Um, and I say that that may not necessarily be the right way to say it, but where the momentum is, has kind of reached its arc. And I think that a company like Plug Power. Uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of with you guys. I love the company. If there was one of these three that I would, uh, you know, recommend to buy, uh, then plug would be it. Um, I just think the timing of it is, is not right. I think there is a pullback on the way um, for all three of these companies, really. But in terms of potential value and, and probably a best bet, I think plug uh, has the best opportunity to, to, to not only test the high, bounce down to, you know, 20, 30%, and then come back and even go above and, and break through its resistance, which, which is where it's at now at about $70. Um, so, I, you know, again, I wouldn't buy it now, but I would certainly keep my eye on plug power uh, for, to wait for that pullback, wait for that dip, and, and then maybe jump in uh, when, you, when, when you see that 20%, 20%, 25%, drop off. So uh, all three of us uh, kind of passes on all three of these companies, Tesla, Neo, and Plug Power. Uh, again, not that these are bad companies. That's the one thing that you can't you know, misconstrue here is that we don't say these are companies that are bad companies or the ones that you shouldn't ever buy ever. It's just the timing of it right now uh, when we discuss it. The timing of it tells us and, and the numbers, the data tells us that now is just not the time to get into any of these three, any of these three stocks and, and the time frame of which you could get into them or should get into them will vary that it's not, there's, it's not uniform. It's not okay. In three months, I would say get into Tesla. That's not true. Um, because we just don't know what's going to happen, but the data tells us that right now is not the best time to get into any of these three stocks. Again, not, not that they're bad companies, not that EV doesn't have potential because it certainly does. Um, it's just not the time to jump into any of these three. They've all had solid runs, uh, but I think those runs are going to be coming to an end uh, and you're going to see pullbacks. So uh, that's what we have on, on those three. I want to do, I do want to thank uh, uh, Money Markets uh, editor, Charles Sizemore, as well as chief investment strategist, Adam O'Dell, 
for uh, joining me this week. Remember, head over to moneymarkets.com. Make sure you uh, you check out all the uh, free content we have on there. It's all safe and sound, profitable investment, investment information for your portfolio, uh, stuff by Adam, by Charles, by myself, uh, and many others on there. Sign up for our free e-letter that comes out each and every day, seven days a week, uh, and, and curates that content for you and gives it to you. Just go to moneymarkets.com. You can check out the Green Zone Fortunes, the Green Zone Ranking System. Uh, play around with that. That is a great tool to have. That is also free on our website at moneymarkets.com. So check all that Check all that out. So for Charles Eisenhower and uh, Adam O'Dell, I am uh, research analyst Matt Clark. Until next time, everyone, safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. 